so back on to subtraction for one more podcast um you know you look at the you look at the first church and you look at what we're kind of involved in now when it comes to church it just man it seems to pale by comparison I know this is a uh, seemingly common topic nowadays you know Francis Chan wrote letters to the church and that's kind of the heart of the book I I tried to read it a couple times and I stopped on page one because I didn't want to go any farther because the, the challenge that what we see out of the first church and what we see out of having church today is so drastically different and are you okay with that I think for to, to move forward for the kingdom of God as individuals we have to answer that question are we okay with that I mean if we are okay with that then let's you know it's it's kind of Morpheus you know take the uh, red pill red pill and the blue pill you know take your pill and go back to how life was go back to church as you know it go back to being a believer as you know it and, and go to church and you know do what you do but if you can look at what God did in and through the first church and ask how can this how should this change my approach how should this change my life how what example can I glean from this if there's any change to be made then surely that needs to be addressed by following this the spirits leading in that area and we talked yesterday you know, the last time I podcast about subtraction and about that ice illustration you know that pastor chris fobbs gave that's so good about not being satisfied by god but in, in fact it's not that god has not given us enough of him it's that i'm so full of me and so what are some things that i need to subtract out of it and again we go back to the first church to look at the example that god showed us in the book of acts and in, in acts chapter 2 we see that the subtractions that they made out of their lives and First off, and you see that they they were all a com- in common. They, all, they made all things common. They, they took their possessions, put them together, and they sold them, and they met the needs of everyone as the need arose. And I think it's important to point out again, like I did last time, this isn't biblical communism that that we see the plan laid out from the church i've struggled with this passage for a long time because of american wealth and third world country wealth and christians and how the two do not line up and that how that you know a lot of it is simply culture systems and and a lot of it is simply um honestly priority but again Paul's not laying out here, or Luke's not laying out here, uh, you know, a communist starter kit. This didn't, this didn't go on forever in the church, and this wasn't the. But I think what it was is the. You back up a few verses, and they continued in prayer, and the apostles' doctrine, and they, they were in awe and wonder of God. You know, when I hit that passage, studying and reading, and in and, and the efforts of, of preaching at camp this year it echoed the cry that Francis Chan called for in, in, 
his book, Letters to the Church, and that cry is, when is the last time I left a, a service with brothers and sisters in Christ that I was in awe of what God had done in the meeting I was in, at the place I was at, in the, you know, I was just in awe of what God was doing. I think what you see then is next, that's why it so easily went into, they, they sold their possessions and they they took care of every man's need according to us, the need arose. And, and I think it's, to me it's clear, I mean, when we become in awe of who God is and what he's done, what he's doing, we see that process of me decreasing and him increasing take place. They, they begin to not be able to take their eyes off of the needs around them. They, they no longer could hold a steady gaze on their life and their kingdom and their wealth and what they had and what they were accomplishing and what they were providing and what they, because of what God had done and was continuing to do in their lives, their eyes and their attention and their priority was shifted to others. They, they subtracted their wealth. And I don't know if this is a great, you know, not awkward topic at all to talk to about with other Americans. But it's, it's so sad that it is awkward like that. My wife has said, for many years we've talked about this topic and she's the first one that brought it to my attention I've heard a lot of guys say it since then but in talking to my wife she said this isn't a strange thought for somebody who's going to the mission field matter of fact it's expected you should sell everything you have and go immerse yourself into a culture so that you can make the highest level of impact for the kingdom of God that's what's expected if you have missionaries that don't do that that you you have a hard time getting support or, or certainly keeping it. Why is that not the expected norm for believers in this country? We want, we want influence and we want power as, as the children of God. And certainly God calls certain people to do that. God calls men to be just that. God calls women to be just that. But God does not call every one of us to do just that. Look at his scriptures. Look at the word. See the men that were drawn and called by God to be wealthy and to have influence and to have great means. And in contrast, look at the men and women that, that, that didn't. It doesn't mean that one's wrong and one's right. It means that God does not call us all to the same path. It's almost like with our money, it's just like everything else. It's a clear indicator that this is not yours to use for you. Your life is not yours to use for you. Your finances are not yours to use for you. Your children, even as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, you are to direct them and point them. They are not yours to use for you. It is all God's. And we see in the first church, just in their practices, that they they subtracted their wealth. And then next you see they subtracted their will. They spent so much time together. 
Oh yeah, different culture. They they still had to work. Probably longer and harder than we do. But they spent time together, pouring over God's word, fellowshipping, and in prayers, the Bible tells us. They made time, they sacrificed their will. That's not what I want to do. Man, in a day and age when you gotta beg people to help do outreach, or you gotta beg people to help in the administration of just regular functions of a church. How much do I sacrifice my will, the things I want to do for the advancement of the kingdom, for the growing and the edification of the brethren? Does that mean i got to ask God for about everything I do? So His Word tells us, doesn't it? They, they subtracted their wealth, they subtracted their will, and last, they subtracted their way. If you look at how we've been doing church, we've been, all of us gather, it doesn't matter, one, two, three times a week. I know there's a, a large, you know, I've, I'm, I was raised in the group that says it matters. It's three times a week. You can find that in the book of Second Opinions next to cleanliness is next to godliness. It's got to be three times a week by, you know, you know, or you are just not doing it right. But let's, okay, so let's go with three. So we meet three times together in a body and God is not the author of confusion so one guy basically calls all the shots and says who gets to use their other gifts and it's rarely more than three or four in any particular meeting and so you have a group let's say it's a great group so there's 150 to 200 let's say it's an awesome group it's 2,000 to 3,000 you still have under 10 people under 20 people at most using their gifts to edify the brethren when they meet together. I know God calls us to different functions. I see that as well in the book of Acts. But there's been a disconnect. Like we don't have to establish personal relationships with the people we go to church with. We don't have to actually bear one another's burdens. We don't have to actually spend time breaking bread and fellowshipping around the Word of God and spending time in prayer with others because we don't have time for that. Our way has gotten in the way of the kingdom. I love how I, I quoted my, my buddy on Facebook last week when I was at camp and, and, and dealt with this message and topic. A pastor friend of mine met me and gave me that quote from our good friend DJ Harris, you know, he's he shared on Here Today, Gone Tomorrow before, and that I think I shared this last podcast. If our plans don't include God, our plans are not of God. Subtracting our wealth, or my will, or my way. I guess the question just like I left with last time, is what needs to come out? Are you really satisfied with what you're doing and how you're doing for the kingdom of God? God, thank you for this day. I pray you challenge our hearts with these thoughts. God, you you change us. More than just challenge us, Father, you give us the strength to change us. 
Jesus, now we're praying. Amen.